If life's a mystery, who done it? Welcome to Ye Gods. I'm Scott Carter. A couple of months ago, my wife Bibi and I went out to dinner here in LA with neighbors Stephen and Bonnie Turner. And Steve is a devout fan of Ye Gods. Over our meal, his comments on my still new audio adventure led to his telling us a compelling story of a chance encounter that led to an unlikely friendship. I was struck by not only the tale itself, but also by the passion with which he told it. I offered then to record his reading of it for this podcast so you all could hear it too. This is the first time that I have turned an entire episode over to a guest, and it seems a particularly appropriate story for the holiday season. So please enjoy now. You blessed me, I'll bless you. Written and read by Steve Turner. There's a mobile station near my house in Los Angeles. And though I'd lived in the neighborhood for years, I never stopped for gas there until July 3rd, 2010. As I got out of my car, a big man approached me with Windex in one hand and newspaper in another. Now I'm six foot seven and sadly north of 270 pounds. This man was at least 6'11 and 325. And as he approached me, he said, I'm big, I'm not bad. No thanks, big man, I said. I don't need you to wash my windows. But then, as he turned to walk away, I took $5 from my wallet. Big man, take this, I called. He did, then again offered to wash my windows. This time, I let him. You blessed me, I'll bless you, he said, as he wiped my windows with newsprint pages. Where are you from? I've lived in Los Angeles since 1976. No, no, no. Where are you from? I'm from Santa Barbara. My name is Stephen Turner. He smiled and said, I'm Lewis Brown. Lewis Brown? Though I'd been a decent high school basketball player, I never played against Big Lou, but I knew him by reputation. He'd been named Most Valuable Player in the California Interscholastic Federation Championship Game as a freshman. And when he graduated from Compton's Verbum Day High School in 1973, the Los Angeles Times called him the best high school basketball player in Southern California history. He sported a perfectly coiffed afro and a malevolent stare, which, he confirmed with a laugh, was to scare the white boys. I said, you went to the University of Nevada at Las Vegas. Going to UNLV was the biggest mistake of my life, he said. I should have gone to USC. I remembered when Lou was at UNLV, he was quoted as saying about head coach Jerry Tarkanian, Tark ain't white. Tark's Armenian. Lewis was over the moon that I recalled so much about long-ago games and players, some now dead. We talked long after I'd filled my tank and he'd cleaned my windows. Then I handed him a business card with my cell number on it, saying, I'm a lawyer. If you ever want to get to a better place, call me. 
When I got home, I told my wife of my miraculous encounter, and in the coming months, I often drove by the mobile station, but I never saw Lewis, and he never called. Now, I worship at a non-traditional Episcopal church called Thats, short for Thaddeus. I'm a founding member, so I call myself a Thads OG. Thads has an online service where prayers can be requested from a volunteer team. So I ask for prayers for me to find Lewis Brown for our upcoming Take Church to a Friend Sunday in December. That Sunday, I drove to the mobile station to find him. I saw another man washing windows. I gave him $5 to wash mine and said why I was there. He said, my name is Azama, and I know where Lou lives. After getting gas, I followed his directions around the corner to find two big mounds under tarpaulins. Under one was all kinds of stuff. Under the other was a huge man sleeping on a mattress. On the back of another business card, I wrote, Lewis, give me a call. Later, when I drove back, Lewis was sitting up as if he'd just awakened. I pulled up. He said, you're the lawyer. We sat and talked for nearly two hours. I told him about my asking the Thad's prayer team to help me to find him for Take Church to a Friend Sunday. He said, church is not a place. Church is in your heart. Then he asked, do you get along with your father? I said, my father is deceased, but yes, I did get along with him. He had flaws like everyone, but he was a good man and utterly devoted to his family. Lou said, I didn't get along with my father. Sons need fathers and daughters need mothers. In the Bible, Naomi became like a mother to her daughter-in-law, Ruth, after Naomi's son, Ruth's husband, had died. Naomi had game. At home, I emailed thanks to the prayer team for helping me find Lewis. In a P.S., I added that, as I proofread my email, I was struck by the name of Lou's high school, Furbum Day, the Word of God. Now, Thads has an expression, worry to wonder, as in I wonder what God's going to do. I ended my email, please pray for Lou and Azima, worry to wonder indeed. Soon, a woman from the prayer team replied, I'm sitting at my desk crying. Another wrote, this is our Christmas miracle. In the coming days, I thought about how to get Lewis off the street. I called the Union Rescue Mission in downtown L.A. and learned that they could help him. But when I next visited Lewis, he said, I'm not going there. I figured that in his neighborhood, Lewis was a somebody. But at the Union Rescue Mission, he wouldn't be. So he stayed on the street. And we fell into a routine of hanging out and chatting on Sunday afternoons. Then, in February of 2011, I was in New York on business when my cell rang. It was Lou. He said, Steve, you remember when you said you'd help me get to a better place? I said, yes. Well, he said, I've decided I want to tell my story before I die. Could you help me do that? I promised him that I would. I suggested the LA Times as the perfect place for a story, but Lou preferred the New York Times, which he read every day. So I contacted Adam Nagorny, the local bureau chief for the New York Times, who agreed to meet Lou. 
So, at a Denny's on Sunset Boulevard, Lou told Adam of his glory days as a basketball player. Lou showed Adam his neighborhood, including the mobile station where we met. Lou loved the attention. He liked the expression, out front, as in, when we were out front in nice clothes, he'd show me how a suit should just drape on a big man. He said Adam's article would put him out front. Lou wanted the story to focus on his basketball career, high school, college, then Peru, the Philippines, and France, but never the NBA. Why not, Adam wanted to know. And how could a high school basketball star wind up on the street? He'd ask Lou what happened, but Lou only wanted to talk about his baskets and rebounds. We met a few times. Lou introduced Adam to his neighbors, to whom he was somebody. Sometimes Adam brought a photographer who took pictures of us. Late one afternoon, we met Adam at a McDonald's. It was collegial until Adam told Lou that he tracked down his parents and his two sisters. Lou, 6'11", to Adam's 5'6", shot out of his chair, and there was a 45-second string of profanity. You had no right to do that. I thought I might have to protect Adam. But Lou calmed down, and Adam said, I'm going to go. As he left, I recalled Lou once telling me, you know, in 13 years, if my family wanted to find me, they could have. I haven't been hiding out like Osama bin Laden. In March, the New York Times published Lou's story on the left-hand column of page one and most of page three. There was a photo of us talking. Lou said he hated the article, but he always kept a copy of it covered in plastic. When it appeared, his sister Anita in New York called me, and I helped them get in touch. Later at Easter 2011, I called his mother to ask her if we could drive to Compton to take her out for a meal. She said yes. Then I asked Lou if after church we could go to Compton and take his mother to lunch. Lou said yes. But then, as Sunday approached, Lou's mother called. Mr. Turner, she said, I'm old and I'm sick and I just cannot go out with you to lunch. And although I would welcome Lou here, his father would not. Then Lou called to say that no, he just couldn't be with his mother. So both backed out, not knowing that the other had as well. Then one Saturday morning, I arranged for Lou to call his mother. I called her, saying, Mrs. Brown, this is Steve Turner. I've got Lou here. I gave the phone to Lou. He said, Mama? This is Lou. As they talked for 20 minutes, I knew that God was there with us. One Sunday, I took Lou to church. Everybody was buzzed to meet him like he was a rock star. When we arrived at Thad's in Santa Monica, our founding priest and my dear friend, Jimmy Barch, greeted us, shaking Lou's big hand and introducing him to the congregation. We sat in the back of the room so people wouldn't be blocked by these two giants. And Lou loved the service. In the fall of 2011, Lou's sister planned to fly him to New York for the holidays. She got him an ID 
so she could buy him a ticket, and I would take him to the airport. One day in September, I went to see Lou. We talked for about an hour and a half. By then, it was getting hard to end conversations with Lou. Usually, only the homeless talk to homeless. They might be given a dollar or be told, God bless you, or good luck. But rarely is there a real exchange about friends, family, stories in the New York Times, or long-ago basketball games. So Lou always wanted our chats to keep going. It would take about 10 minutes for me to get from where we were sitting to the car, whose windows he had washed when we first met. On that day in September, I stood up to go, and Lou stood up. We kept talking as we slowly walked to the car. And then, as I got ready to go, Lou said, Steve, you know what's great about our friendship? No, Lou, I don't. What's that? We can talk shit about each other, but we know we love each other. Steve, you know I love you, don't you? Yes, Lou, I know you love me, and I love you too. We hugged each other, which we'd never done before. And I got in my car. I said, Lou, I'll see you in a few days. And I drove off. That Wednesday afternoon, as I was going to a dentist's appointment, Adam texted me. I thought you should know, Lewis Brown had a heart attack and died. Soon as I sat in the dentist chair, I wept. Later in the car, I called Jimmy, the priest from Thad's. I was sobbing, nearly shrieking. He didn't answer, so I left a message. Jimmy, Jimmy, Lewis has died. I'm so sad. Please call me. Next, I called my friend and fellow Thad's OG, Jamie Bennett. From his office, he answered the phone with a happy voice, asking, Steve, what's up? Jamie, Lewis has died, and I broke down crying. For a minute, as I wept in my car, Jamie repeated, Oh, Steve, I'm so sorry. Next, I called my wife. Then Lewis' sister Jerry in Los Angeles. Then his sister Anita in New York, who shrieked, Oh, no, no. When Jimmy returned my call, he said, Steve, I've been thinking that your friendship with Lewis started with, I'm big, I'm not bad, and ended with, I love you. And that's a miracle. That Sunday, Jimmy spoke about Lewis. Things were looking up for Lou. He was going to New York to be with his sister for the holidays. Then Wednesday, when he woke up, he had a heart attack and died. People in the congregation gasped. I stood up to say how our friendship was one of the most amazing blessings of my life. Later, as I drove home, I thought how important it is to be loved, and equally important to have someone to love. I'm lucky. I have lots of people to love. Family, friends, folks at church, but Lou didn't. I first believed that God brought us together so I could help him get off the street. 
I now know that we were brought together so I could love Lou and he could love me. That's our show for this week. My special thanks to my neighbor and friend, Steve Turner. And whether you consider yourself big, bad, both or neither, you can email us at yegodspodcast at gmail.com or visit us on social media at yegodspodcast. If you like the show, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. My thanks to all ye gods and goddesses who let there be light on this show. Dossie McCraw, Robin Rose Valentine, Selena Lauterer, and the entire team at Artemis Independent. I'm Scott Carter, and until next time, safety and kindness to all. Thank you.